And the third thing you need to see is this. Um, you have no right to be angry. Uh-oh. You don't even have the right to be angry. Verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Choosing uh, not to take offense is not choosing to ignore wrongs, but you don't have to accept them. You can react, but you've got to lose the bitterness. You've got to lose the contempt and the anger. See, Jesus teaches us about sin and how it separates us from God, and all sin to Jesus is unacceptable. I don't know if you've ever had a moment where you've been caught in that unfortunate spot of realizing that what you're mad about in someone else's life is the same thing that you ought to be mad about in your life. That sometimes your anger at someone else's sin really needs to be directed at yourself because it's your own sin that's the problem. See, we always want to view other people as being worse than us. But you can do an experiment. Go to a mall food court somewhere. If you can still find one open. Grab a kebab and listen and eavesdrop on the conversations around you. Listen to people talk about how they've been hurt or wrong. Here's what I can promise you. You never hear conversations in a food court about people confessing the hurtful wrongs that they have done themselves. You never have people sitting around talking about what they've done that hurt someone else, what they've done that was a mistake. See, we're quick to want to sit down and rail somebody else and vent all of the things that they've done wrong because we are told we need a place to vent that. We've told, we're told that'll make us healthier. But at the end of the day, you got to own your own stuff. And we don't like to do that. We never have. And we're geniuses at spinning things in our direction. In traffic, someone does something. The reaction you have in traffic, oh, that guy's a jerk. When's the last time that you did something in traffic and said, man, I drive like a jerk? Most of us don't do that. Most of us in the traffic equation is never the jerk. Because we don't. See, in other words, everyone is an idiot but me. Go me. You know why? Because we know our intentions. Our intentions are pure. Our intentions are holy. Our intentions for the best of everyone. So that lets me always be a victim, never a perp. And if I can convince myself of that, then I can stay angry. The problem with it is, according to Scripture, you're not entitled to anger. As a matter of fact, you're not entitled to think that you're entitled to anger. You say, but, but wait, what about being angry at sin? Now, again, we come back to that again. Usually, we mean other people's sin. 
never our sin. See, God took his wrath out on Jesus for other people's sins and your sins. And here's what I know. Now, this is a big theological statement. But I believe that Jesus suffered enough for my sins and your sins that I really don't have any comment to make about it. I mean, I think Jesus did the heavy lifting. God doesn't need your editorial opinion page on someone else's sin because Jesus suffered for those sins so that they could be forgiven. And Jesus deals with sin. And I'm thankful for that because it's not my job. Ephesians 7, 9 says this, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit for anger resides in the lap of fools. Where anger lives, it lives in the laps of fools. See, if you spend all your life being angry and offended, it's tiring business. If you spend your entire life thinking that someone's out there trying to hurt you, and you feel like the whole world is just picking on you, and you're letting anger just overwhelm your life, you have to be exhausted. And if you're doing that, you understand that you're holding on to anger like a pet, like a cat. That anger resides in the lap of fools. That's where anger lives. And you keep that anger like a pet. You name it. You like it. You feed it. Sometimes you try to keep it healthy. You take it to the anger vet. You do everything that you can to keep that anger alive. And by doing that, you think that somehow you've entitled yourself to something that the Bible simply says you can't. One of the hardest things to do is let it go. You stop for a minute. Well, what if this person out there that's making you angry is trying to hurt you? I mean, what if they're going out of their way and they're gunning for you? What if they are just aiming all of their energy because they think that you are some kind of miscreant and they just don't like you at all and they just want to do something that's just going to irritate you and hurt you and make you mad and get a reaction from you? Can't you be angry at them? It's a great question. And all of us have, haven't we? But once again, I think wisdom would indicate that we need to go back to Jesus as our source on this. What did Jesus say about that kind of anger on the cross? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. See, it's time to realize that the struggles that you have in your life, that the solution that you have to anger, being upset and worked up all the time is that the call of Christ is a call to live un. I said it earlier, unconquered, uncompromised, undivided, unbreakable, unoffendable, unashamed. And the result will be that with Jesus, you and I, we become unstoppable. 
And that's when the fun, fun begins. And the fun begins when we're unstoppable. And now we add to our list of how we can live. We can live unflustered. Unflustered. And you don't have to be spun up all the time. Worrying about all the things that are going on in the world around you. You simply need to be obedient and follow God and live the plan that he has for your life. And when you do, you become unstoppable. Steve Tran of Westminster, California, wanted to kill the cockroaches in his apartment once and for all. He'd sit there at night trying to watch TV. Cockroach would run across the top of TV. Ticked him off. He turned on the light in the room. Cockroaches would scamper. He hated it. And the more that he saw him, the more angry he got, and he decided that he was going to bug bomb his house. So he went to the store and he read the directions and the same thing said, you know, use no more than two bug bombs in your house. But his cockroaches were bad. And he was mad. He was angry. And so he bought 25. And he decided that 25 of them would do the trick. And so he unleashed those 25 bug bombs in his house and closed and locked the door. And it was all going great, he believes, right up until the fumes reached the pilot light of his stove and created an explosion that sent his screen door across the street, blew out every one of the windows in his house, and caused $25,000 worth of damage to the interior of his house. He said, I was so angry. I wanted to kill all of them. And I thought if I used a lot more, it would last longer. He did the repairs, fixed the damage, and two weeks later, the cockroaches were back. <laughs> Anger doesn't get you anywhere. Anger will solve nothing. And so anger means that you will get angry, everyone does it, and you need to understand it for what it is. What is it? It's an emotion. It's a feeling. You're not exempt from it. When anger comes along, you don't need to be embarrassed by it. It is a natural, real emotion, and Jesus knew it was there. And so you don't have to blush or blink at it. It's just anger. What causes us to blush or blink when we get angry and embarrass ourselves is that we don't get rid of it which is the second thing you've got to remember about anger. You've got to get rid of it. And the closer you get to God, the quicker you get rid of it. Because when you love, when you forgive, when you do the things that he asks you to do, you don't hold on to the anger. And last but not least, you have to remember that you have no right to be angry. Because if you're deciding that you do have the right to be angry, you've decided to live your life by emotion and not by the truth. 
and you decided that that emotion is going to rule your life. And here's what I know, emotion will make you nuts. And so, if you can do that, then you step into the realm of living unflustered. Unflustered. And that's when the fun can really begin. And so this series, we're going to look at some of the uns. Some of the things that we have to do in our world to make sure that we are the people that God has created us to be. Would you bow your heads and hearts and let's pray. Lord, we are certainly aware that there's enough going on in our world to make us angry. It always seems like there's someone out there trying to one-up us somehow. There's always something going on that um, will drive us just a little bit nuts. And yet, we come to this passage and we realize that the real victim of anger is ourselves. And when we choose anger, we refuse to choose you. And so, Lord, I hope this day is that we would take the first step toward living an unflustered life would allow us to have fun and allow us to follow the call of living un in the world that we live in. Let's God take these words and allow them to filter their way through our hearts. If there's anyone here who doesn't know you today, it can be that day to decide. Before they leave this morning, I pray that they would just drop us a note in our giving kiosk that says, I want to accept Jesus as Savior. To watch you online, they can send us an email and say, I want to accept Jesus. But Lord, for so many, anger is just something that we all deal with, and sometimes we don't even think about how we deal with it. Let today be the first step toward making that better. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.